0: Welcome to The Stack, a weekly show where we talk about the latest in the world of sales, marketing, and tech. I'm your host, Sean Henry. I'm
1: Tim Staberski. I'm Ryan Sylvester. And
0: today is, what day is it, guys? Thursday, April 11th, 11th-ish, 2019, coming to you guys from Cheshire, Connecticut, as always. And uh, it's almost springtime. Well, I guess it is technically
2: springtime, right? doesn't feel like it, though. It's beautiful. I'm loving it. I like it. There's There's flowers
1: coming out of the ground.
0: As the bears. resident
1: lover of winter, I, I actually can say that I'm ready for the warmth. This is my...
0: I got my mulch quote today. Oh, oh no.
1: How was it? Wait, so do you
0: have to get mulch every year? Well, we didn't get to do everything last year. What we happened were, to the mulch that was
1: sitting in your driveway? Well, we used it. We ran
0: out. Oh. So there's still two additional mulch beds that were... So when were, I... When I even,
2: it. it tends to last like four or five years before it's like... Looking like Before it looks like garbage. Before it's gone. Well, before it looks like... Because it,
0: it loses color yeah. Yeah, but yeah. what color do you lose, lose color much faster.
1: Are you no, a red you so. are you a red or a brown? Brown. Okay. Yeah.
0: I mean I, I don't I'm sure yeah, well, yeah. use red. I, just, I, like black, fine. I like the
1: black I like the black mulch
0: actually. Uh, yeah, that's just too dark. That's too dark. I like a deep brown. Yeah. So um, I'm sure it looks
2: good.
1: I don't even remember yeah, we're not to get into know, it, this but this is my
2: favorite <laughs> time of year. I'm happy. It's like I've been sighing a couple fewer times each day because of until the fact the, that it's spring.
0: Until the allergies hit, evidently. Oh, yeah.
2: I'm I even excited for the yesterday. allergies.
0: I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good with so it. So, marketing. Um, <laughs> so, each week on the show, we kind of boil down our the, the updates, headlines, articles, resources, to. tools, etc. Yeah, we think you guys should be paying attention to uh, and give you some of our key takeaways. And this first one this week is coming from the Google Webmaster Central blog. Uh, It's an update called Search Console Reporting for Your Site's Discover Performance Data. And they go on to say, Discover is a popular way for users to stay up to date with all their favorite topics, even when they're not searching, to provide publishers and sites visibility into their Discover traffic, writing a new report in Google Search Console, to share relevant statistics and help answer questions such as, how often is my site shown in users discover? How large is my traffic? Which pieces of content perform well in Discover? How does my content perform differently in Discover compared to traditional search results? So that's cool. Yeah. You guys don't know what Discover is. It is um, basically like a news feed of sorts that will show up in either the Google app or Google Chrome when you go to that search screen. Yeah.
2: yeah like if you open a new tab.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's pretty cool. It gives you a list of, um, you know, videos, articles, stuff that is theoretically relevant to your interests and that's driven by your past search activity and what Google knows about you. And uh you know yeah, with this update now webmasters, marketers, etc will have some visibility to how their content is actually performing there.
2: Yeah, it's it's really interesting when you know when you dive into the report how it, you know it it is it tends to be different content performing better in discover compared to just in you know general if you're looking at your your overall um search console data. So it, it it's interesting there are definitely some some patterns um, that'll be cool to spot and and build into your content plan over
0: time. Yeah,
1: Um, well, go ahead, Ryan. Well, I was just, one of the things that immediately, and this is kind of like a basic idea, but immediately what I'm thinking is, you know, let's say you're Sean and all day, all night, you're searching marketing things. You know, mine is kind oh, of a, what a loser! i I'm just <laughs> I saying, say, mine so is fun. kind of a mismatch. Like I have some office bloopers in there. I have like some, I have, I had an article from search engine land and stuff like that, but you know, to, in order to pop out, like there's so much stuff and it can just keep going and going and going. So it's like optimizing those title tags, getting those readers excited. I wish there was a way that you could customize the title tag for discover. Maybe yeah, there will the be yet, some, mate, yeah, yeah,
2: that's, that's interesting.
0: They, they, somewhere, I think actually in this update, they give you some tips on how to optimize your content. Yeah. Discover. I think, mm, they mm. want, they want them, I believe, uh, like high quality images that are over yeah. 1200 pixels wide. A few other things in there, I think. Um, it seems to me that they, they're trying to reward more evergreen content. Things that are going to help people, um, you know, learn things uh, regardless of when they actually look yeah. at the content.
2: Definitely. But, it's definitely more informational than say, Um, Like news, entertainment, or yeah, Yeah. compared compared to like purchase focused. Um, For some reason, my Google discover is recommending an ask Amy wife's extreme weight loss tilts marriage dynamic.
0: All right. Well, that's I can, I can
2: (laughs) promise I've never (laughs) searched anything like that, but otherwise they're pretty on the spot.
0: Yeah. no, I'm looking at my feed now and it's, it's pretty, pretty relevant. That There's, Tutorials on data visualization. There's new Google Search Console Discover report. <laughs> I had that
1: too. Yeah. So um, they only give two optimization tips. Not very detailed. No, it says the two best ways to boost the ranking performance of your Discover content is to, one, post content that you think users will find interesting, obviously. Two, See, high, quality, <laughs> high quality images. That's pretty much all it says. Publishers experience 5% increase in click-through rate. A three percent increase in time spent on their page, and three percent increase in user satisfaction when Discover cards feature large images. Thank you, Google, for all that information.
0: (laughs) I am really curious to see if eventually we could segment. Maybe this is already possible. I just haven't checked into it yet. But if we'll be able to segment out Discover referred traffic from normal Google search referred traffic, see if there's differences in level of engagement, um, conversion rates, things like that. I we were talking about this before the show, but I suspect if somebody is reading your content from Discover, they're probably going to be a more, I, I could be wrong about this. On one hand, they are more qualified because Google is showing them that content based off their past activity. On another hand, they're like, they're not actively seeking something. It's more of a passive thing. So I don't know. A bit of a
2: mixed bag, but yep. it'll be interesting to see.
0: for Yeah, sure. yeah. So cool little update there. Uh, something we'll put in the show notes is the original announcement where they um, were talking about the update to discover. Um, that was, I want to say, let's see, that was back in September of last year. We actually covered it on um, episode number 23 of the stack. So we'll include a link to that as well. If you want to hear, us kind of dive into discover in a little bit more detail. Um, and uh, yeah, definitely check it out. The, Next article um comes from Facebook. This comes from their newsroom and uh they basically gave a pretty lengthy list of updates uh things that they're doing to uh control the spread of false, misleading, hateful, bad content that Facebook sort of become known for at this point. Um <laughs> me to laugh. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's yeah, it's it's Big problem, and this seems like a very good first step, but the headline is Remove, Reduce, and Inform, New Steps to Manage Problematic Content. And um, I won't get into the the differences here between remove, reduce, and inform, um, but some key things that they are planning on doing, let me just jump down to the area where they talk about this. They're kicking off a collaborative process with outside experts to find new ways to fight more false news more quickly. So number one. Number two is they're expanding the role of the associated press as a part of a th- third 3rd uh, party fact checking program. It's good. Number three, reducing the reach of groups that repeatedly share misinformation. QAnon, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. So that's, that's really good. And then incorporating, this is the most interesting part, I think, incorporating a click gap signal into newsfeed ranking. And this yeah. part I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive into a little bit more. Ranking uses many signals to ensure people see less low quality content in their newsfeed. This new signal, ClickGap, relies on, on the web graph, a conceptual map of the internet, in which domains with a lot of inbound and outbound links are at the center of the graph and domains with fewer inbound and outbound links are at the edges. Click gap looks for domains with a disproportionate number of outbound Facebook clicks compared to their place on the web graph. This could be a sign that the domain is succeeding on the newsfeed in a way that doesn't reflect the authority they've built outside outside it and is producing low-quality content. And that's effect in effect as of whenever they announced this like a few I days ago. It, yeah. So that's huge. Like that's yeah. a really big deal. Um, I think it's good.
1: It's super clear though. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that it's, it's it doesn't like, it doesn't, I mean, I guess it surprised me that Facebook is doing anything good, but well, so it's <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Just, <laughs> I don't like I Facebook. That didn't like register in my brain
2: until I started yeah. to interrupt you. Um, yeah, well, So what, Yeah, I think I think it's definitely a good thing. But um, to that point, there's definitely going to be websites and and businesses that are, you know, are putting out good content and and authoritative content um, that maybe don't have those links on their website or to their their individual articles that are going to be negatively impacted just because the kinks haven't been worked out, Um, you know? Yeah, I can
0: see it putting a small business at a yeah. bit of his... Well, then again, it's it's the gap, right? So a small business probably wouldn't be getting a sure. flood of clicks either, so... Does it talk is, about percentage? I didn't see that. In terms of, like, the percentage, like, the weight or the, the ratio? How, How far apart does the click app know, have to be?
1: Don't. No, it doesn't, okay. That would be
0: interesting to find out, though. But, yeah, I guess that's one thing to keep in mind. This is one factor right. out of yeah. many. It's not the only thing. Um, I like it because it brings Facebook's algorithm more in line with what Google does. Yeah. Um, so in theory, if you're doing really good things for Google now, maybe you'll start to see some of that transferred over to your efforts on Facebook as well. So Do you know the I,
1: ranking factors for Facebook? I don't. It's no. a yeah. inventory of stories, signals of data points that can inform ranking decisions, predictions that they make themselves, and relevancy score for each story.
0: It's neat. Yeah. Neat. <laughs> neat. We covered something uh, a few weeks ago maybe a few months ago yeah. now where we talked about what type of content tends to perform the best on each. Yeah. Network.
1: That, I, yeah, that was a while. I think that was, that was a while ago. I've been paying close attention
0: to that since we dug into it and it's, it's true. Yeah. It really, really works. Yeah. So, um, should link up that one as well in yeah. the the show notes, but this is, this is good. It's a good sign. Um, they're taking this stuff seriously. They definitely have a long way to go. Um, so, you know, takeaway I think for marketers, publishers, et cetera, is that um, once again, you need to rely less on the hacks and gaming the system and focus more on-
2: High quality content.
0: Yeah. There you go. Next article is native image lazy loading for the web. And who wrote this? They don't put their name. Oh, their name's in the domain. Adi Osami, Um, which- Asmani. Oh, did I miss? Asmani. I'm sorry. I was about to compliment your pronunciation and- of course, I. There you go. Butchered their name. Yeah, it's a, well, apologies. It's a, it's a pattern for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I actually didn't check, but I assume this person works on the Chrome team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Engineering
2: yeah. manager at Google working Excellent. on
0: Chrome. Yep. I'm pumped to see this. So so pumped. Um, yeah. we we've talked about page speed and performance being something that we all need to be focused on a little bit more covered it extensively in previous episodes. Every week. Yeah, yeah. pretty much every week. Yep. Um, and it's something that we're dealing with every single week. We're always telling our clients like, hey, you know, this is taking 20 seconds to load. Here's something you could do about it. And um, it's, it's very common that uh, nothing gets done because the, the challenges in implementing some of the things that will speed things up. One of those things is lazy loading. Um, if you're not familiar with lazy loading, basically you load any page on the web you're only seeing about 20% of it on your screen. The rest of that content is below the fold. But in order for that page to load, your browser still needs to load all that stuff that you can't see yet. Most of those things, like a lot of those things are images and images can be massive. So um, there's a whole lot of stuff that needs to get downloaded and rendered before the user even begins to scroll. And that slows down the overall um, performance of the page, right? So one workaround there has been to implement this thing called lazy loading, where you rely on this third-party JavaScript to um, not load those images until they become in view, yeah. right? And, and that works, it's not perfect. Uh, it's a little bit tedious to set up, um, but it hasn't been native functionality to any any browser uh, up until now. So in this, um, in this article, they, they basically go into this and say, uh, web pages often contain a large number of images which contribute to data usage, page bloat, and how fast a page can load. Many of these images are off-screen, requiring a user to scroll in order to view them. Historically, to limit off-screen images, to limit the impact off-screen images have on page load times, developers need to use a JavaScript library like lazy LazySizes. Um, but because of this update, that should no longer be a possible, at least with Chrome. So now you just add a little bit of markup to all your images and you have three options. You could say lazy. This is an image that is a good candidate for lazy loading. And then that image isn't going to load again until it's in the viewport. Um, you could say eager, which is an image that Immediate. has to load. Immediate. Yeah. So it's not a good candidate for lazy loading. Like it needs a, to load right away. Like a featured image. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's you, Those are your images that are essential. Like they have to be there. Right. And then auto, you're going to let Google decide. So, As you're developing a website, you could see everything starting off as auto or potentially everything starting off as eager. You know, maybe that's the default setting that is kind of baked in. But then as you upload new images or you swap out different images, you can customize them and say, no, I want this to be lazy or no, I want this to be eager. Um, So this is a really good thing. It's just rolling out. Um, I don't even think it's in the, it's not in the current release of chrome but you can still use it if you download the uh i think they're
2: saying so um, you they want to ship it in chrome 75 75 you, you
1: which i didn't there's a way you can enable I, I yeah i think so i did test it um and then i got scared because there was an error message not an error message but like a warning at the top um but i do have a something to note on this um because you're doing the lazy loading and it's going to start to browse when the image gets close to the viewport, so basically when it's about to come into view on the page, mm-hmm. um, each browser will pick a different um, distance of mm-hmm. when it should load. So Chrome versus like a different search engine is going to load it at a different point. Oh, interesting. Uh, which could mean, let's say you have an image directly below the fold or within a certain distance, it could it could still Try to load that even if you give it the lazy load markup. Hmm. So it's something to watch out for. Um, try to be strategic with your image placements. Um, but yeah. super excited! Totally. I, I I cannot. I did. I was telling Tim earlier. I did a little bit of code today, and I was like, I'm a code master now. <laughs> but it was like <laughs> something. So it was just to fix a mobile usability thing. But um, no, I'm I'm pumped to use a uh, well it, this, this lazy load. So. Yeah,
2: I mean, like so. Right now, it's 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 code. It's a tag, mm-hmm. that, you know, in the for the HTML. Right. Um, but. WordPress, get on, get on adding oh, a yeah, little checkbox because oh, it's going yeah. to make it so easy. And yeah. The web will be so much better. Yep. And then, you know, I'll just be happy because my my phone will always load the websites that I'm looking at when I'm on the treadmill at the gym.
0: So it'll be interesting to see when this is more widely adopted, like how this layers in as a, a ranking factor and how Google evaluates page speed and performance. But uh, yeah,
1: very cool. They recommend waiting until there's a stable... Roll right. out. So general, just be cautious if you are going to use it and uh, go and enable lazy load frame.
0: All right. So links in the show notes. Check it out. Give it a try.
1: Let us know if you do. Uh, App of the week. We don't have our jingle yet, but I'm working on it's it. It's actually in the works, right? I think I'm going to play a little guitar and then do a little voiceover on on, on the world. Like, uh, like rockauto.com? <laughs> oh, God. That jingle is terrible.
0: <laughs> so this... App is one that we have covered previously. Yep. Uh just a few weeks ago. It's um VoIQ or VoIC. <laughs> I don't think it's VoIC. Yeah, let's Voik. not let's not call it
2: VoIC. <laughs>
0: VoiceBots. Um yeah, VoiceBots uh tool that um you know lets you sort of automate some of your outbound calls, which is great. Lots of uh good use cases here from point room re- appointment reminders to qualification. Um and uh Something that was lacking a few weeks ago, uh, but now they've added it, was the ability to have a voice bot call your leads and customers to schedule or reschedule meetings or demos over the phone. Um, So now you can set your availability per each campaign that you run to include the days and times when you're able to take meetings. For example, Monday through Friday from nine to five. And you'll also be able to select your time zone and meeting length. So do you want to accept 15 minute meetings, 30 minute meetings or 60 minute meetings? And it's pretty cool. So scenario could be, um, somebody submits a request consultation form at 6 p.m. at night, but nobody's there at the office. Nobody's there to to call them and you know schedule that directly. So um, you have a voice bot call that person and attempt to book that meeting for you. And of course, if that's not successful, you could always try again the next morning when you come into the office or whenever you you respond to your leads. Uh, use emails another backup. Um, but that's really cool. And I'm going to attempt to play the recording. To my microphone here. Let's see how this works.
2: Just can so you hold can... it up.
0: <laughs> yeah, just so you could hear it. Well, that didn't work. Let me try again. There you go. So you get the idea and, um, seems pretty cool. We haven't tested this out yet, but we will. And it'll be interesting to see how like precise it is mm-hmm. at getting this right. Like, you know, I, I try to send text messages with, uh, Siri and <laughs> it's a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, will be interesting. I imagine they'll improve it over time either way. But I know uh, I,
2: yeah, no, it's cool. I've definitely been on the receiving end of. Couple of those calls in the past. I don't know, if from <laughs> even them. from Sean.
1: Mm-hmm. I've got a couple uh, VoIQ calls from Sean. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. The uh, the second thing that they've added is the ability to
0: transfer directly to a real person. So let's say you've got so many calls you just can't get everybody on the phone. So you want to kind of pre-screen them. So um, they've got like this example script where the voice bot says, "Hi, is this Peter?" And then the person says, "Yes, yeah, speaking." And say, I, <laughs> I was going to make up a. Fake scenario, but I won't. Um, <laughs> Hi, Peter. I'm calling from Acme Corp. And then they go through the whole blah, 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 blah. Would you be interested in learning more about the different courses we have from one of our sales experts? And they say, sure, that's great. And then they transfer you to the live person. So they're waiting for a yes, a confirmation before using up one of their few salespeople's valuable time. Smart. And I think that's pretty neat. Yeah. So uh, really cool. And um, if you caught this on the, the last time we talked about this, this integrates with HubSpot. So it's a nice new integration to kind of weave into your tool belt, tool belt do some cool stuff with the uh, workflows and automation
2: yeah I just I feel like there's just like one just, hey nefarious businesses out there do not think that this is an excuse to start cold calling people (laughs) using robots. Yeah. Please don't do that.
0: Well, so think about how annoyed somebody is when they get a cold call from a real person. Yeah. And now they're going to get a cold call from a robot.
2: And it'll be so much easier to get cold calls from robots.
0: Yeah. So that would backfire. Like this, you should have some level of trust with the prospect. You should explain-
2: that they might be receiving a call.
0: Well, yeah. Like, you know, I mean, use it where it makes sense. If, if it's yeah. after hours when clearly nobody's there at the office and you tell them you're sending it as a convenience, right. Um, you know, that you just gotta be smart about it. Yeah. And, uh, I think people, I love the
1: ones right. that say, Hey, don't hang up. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to pretend that yeah. it's a live yeah. live person. Uh, all right. Lightning round. What
0: do we got? What's what? the first one guys? First one
1: is live Google site link images. I haven't seen that. Have you guys seen that yet? Yeah, if 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 you click through to that link. Uh so if you click through the first link, uh it takes you to uh bah, 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 SEO round table. Cool. And Anything, uh,
0: any guidance on how to optimize that? I think like it's markup.
1: I, I think it's markup. I think it's traditional markup. I didn't look deeply into it, but I I, I have to believe that it is. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, second one is Google gives you fresh results when you want it and history when you need it. So this is the oh, um before, you know, you can you can narrow down a that search. That actually is
0: a big one. Yeah. That's good.
1: But I mean, it it gave you, before it, it wasn't so robust, but it did give you like maybe a month or, or whatever. I can't remember what it was, but no, it it's cool. Uh, first image of black hole in space. I just put that in there because I thought it was cool. Uh, social media usage in U.S. remains unchanged despite a year of turmoil. I tell you what, mine's changed for sure. Yeah. Yep. And Google fixed indexing issue for dropped URLs, so they say.
0: Yeah, so if you didn't follow this, yeah. several websites were just like wiped out. Yeah. No longer in Google. And that's it. Oops. Yep. Looks like we made a mistake.
1: Fun. Yeah. I want to see their traffic six months from now. Yeah. Mm. Maybe well, Google will help them out.
2: Then one more because it was in the body, but then we moved it. How to boost the SEO of your, optim- of your organization's LinkedIn page.
0: There you go. There you go. Cool. Yeah. Well, everybody, hope you enjoyed the show. Leave us a review if you liked it. And run away. Don't come <laughs> back. <if you> don't. <laughs> run away. Don't
2: tell them to run away, Sean. <laughs> We want them to come back.
0: No, Yeah, we do. Uh, we want your reviews and feedback. Um, it's valuable to us. We want to make the show better. Tell us what you think. While well, we could do differently, we'd love to hear from you. Um, but if you do like the show, we'd, we'd very much appreciate a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. I always go to iTunes because that's where I.
1: Podcast King. So until Spotify well, takes them over.
2: Leave us a review. And if you are in Connecticut, I will buy you a coffee at Cheshire Coffee. <laughs> but you have to come to me. I won't bring you the coffee.
0: Now, what if all of our listeners are in Cheshire and you have like 100 people come here?
2: Then I'll have to spend about $300 $300. on coffee.
0: (laughs)
1: And, you know, it'll be worth it. All right, guys. We'll see you next week.